Welcome to Clock Out, the Vicarious Life Podcast. This is for the mavericks in the world who are on a mission to obtain freedom. What is freedom? We're about to find out. I'm your host, Tracy Miller, a free-spirited entrepreneur who has been chasing freedom her entire life. Beside me is my co-host, Jackie Asel, the anchor who keeps me grounded. Thanks for joining us. Hello, welcome again to Clock Out, The Vicarious Life. As we announced before, this is your host, Tracy Miller, and my sidekick and anchor, Jackie Asel, with the radio voice yet again for part two. Guys, we are so excited because today we have our A, first guest of yeah. the of this podcast. Um, it's not just Jackie and I talking about each other and ourselves. We get to actually bring in our first person that we feel has a life that is worth living vicariously through. Uh, Jen DeLong is going to be our guest today. And, you know, we choose our guests based on having a good feel and being a good fit for what this podcast is about. And I feel like she encompasses all of those free-spirited characteristics and belief patterns that we talked about during our pilot program. Uh, A little background on Jen. We're going to let her describe and talk about herself in great detail But I met Jen through the community of Butte. We are both Butte born and raised, but she's taken some adventures elsewhere, has moved and done some other cool things, and we work together currently in the role of real estate. She's a real estate photographer and a fantastic one at that, but that is not why I brought her on. I brought her on because during the brief conversations that I've had with her, um, you know, a 30-minute photo shoot that should be in and out turns into oftentimes two hours because we're talking real conversation. It's never the small talk that everybody knows that I despise. It's always in-depth, authentic conversations that really bring out um, provocative thoughts and all sorts of really deep philosophical meaning to life questions for me. So that is why I chose her. Her life is definitely one that is worthy of living vicariously through, and we can't wait to be able to listen to what she's got to say. So with that, welcome, Jen. Hi, thank you so much. I feel the biggest thing that I feel today is gratitude to just be a part of your journey. Um, I told Tracy earlier, one of my greatest desires is to just help people fulfill their dreams. And to be that voice that says, hey, you can do it. I know you don't think you can, but I'm going to cheer you on. And I'm going to tell you about my life, the things that I've learned, the mistakes I've made, and just the open doors that have happened through trial and error. So I feel so grateful. Um, And the other thing I felt like when I met Tracy in the community, I kept hearing her name, you know, she's this like big, big time. And (laughs) so I would hear her name, Tracy, at the time it was Napier. And, um, And then a friend just said, hey, you two need to meet. And so I, we met for coffee, and I'm like, yep, I'll do photos for her. You know, it wasn't like an open door thing for anyone, but I just felt like, yeah, we, I felt in my heart after that conversation we had, I'm like, I need to know this person, and thank you, God, for just the, the invitation. So That is so funny, because on the other side of that, the, the mutual friend was my former photographer who was moving out of Butte and moving to be closer to family, and he, I was asking for recommendations. And of course, he brought your name up. And when you reached out to ask if I would go to coffee, I had that. People talk about it in a cheesy way, but that um, that inner calling, like s- for some reason, I had to sit down and chat with you. There was something more to it than let's work together in photography. So I totally relate to that feeling of just needing to know you. 
uh, in that initial conversation, that initial setting, it was the most amazing energy. I actually, Jackie, do you remember me coming back from coffee that day and I talking? I do. You were stoked. You were like alive and it was amazing. Yes. I mean, she had this vibration, this just on a higher level vibration. And we know that when we're around those type of people, it brings our vibration up. I mean, I was on fire when I got done talking mm. to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So with that, I guess, tell us a little bit about your background. I mean, I know at a very surface level that A, you're a badass. B, you are a strong, independent entrepreneur who is just hot on fire doing multiple different things and is always looking for opportunity and is courageous so what brought you brought you to that point um where'd you come from just well I feel like there's so many ways to answer that so I'm going to just flow with how to answer that um I have a degree in history and a minor in Spanish a degree in communications and a minor in contemporary dance Oui, and oui. I know, oui, right? Oui. Is that right? No Spanish? I, uh, oh, that's French, no, and I do oh, not know French. Shoot. I no, know no Spanish. No comprende. I don't even know. Okay, um, English, carry but on. But just, you know, so I would say a lot of my journey, well, and even like, you know, I've always been wired to ask the question as a teenager, like, what is my purpose and why am I here? And I don't know why, like one of the books I picked up in high school was Chicken Soup for the Soul, and I loved oh, it. It's a classic. I, it's so good because it was like, just these you know, kind of these deeper proverbs of life. And, and so just in my teenage years, I would ponder those mysteries, but I didn't really have anyone to chat with that wanted to talk about that, you know. But I, I think the dreams in my heart started, you know, I remember 18 being like, I want to be a motivational speaker. And I'm like, At 18. yeah, and I'm like, wow. how do I do this? So I went to college because I don't know. I'm going to go to college, to do, right? Right. If we're programmed to go to college. Yeah, I mean, it's go to college, and and so that was the next step. And in college, I just studied the things I was passionate about, and had an amazing time in college. Went too long. I probably should have got a master's versus all the other things, but <laughs> everything I did, I felt was with intention. Um, but here comes the dilemma post college: How do I make money? <laughs> Yes. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'm going to be, well, the goal was with Spanish and history, I'm going to be a teacher. And then I went and observed observed in the classrooms and I'm like, this is, I don't fit. I am like a square and a round peg or whatever that saying is. I'm like, I, it's too, it's, it's just not for me. I want to teach. I don't know what that looks like. So that kind of started the journey. How do I make money? That idea on pause. So what I did after college is I traveled the world. Because I'm like, you know, I waited tables, saved money. Um, I went and did some missions work, worked with some orphanages, went, you know, to like, I lived in Spain, we went to Morocco, Portugal. And and once you just start on that, it just, it, it, it just fueled a hunger for curiosity of other languages, cultures. So my 20s look like I worked real hard and then I would go abroad, work real hard, go abroad. And I'd come back with $25 in my pocket. You <laughs> are know? You, and are you still single at this time? Yeah, I was okay. single. You know, traveling I didn't get married until I was 29. Okay. And so you're traveling alone? Or? Totally. Oh my gosh. Wow. So one time I like, it, well, okay, okay. Let me, so the, the first trip, well, I went to Israel in college and then I went to Spain post-college. And that was, I was going to meet up with a group. I didn't know who they were, but I was joining an organization called Youth with a Mission. So it was kind of a, a, a padded community. But um, but then I did have different trips where I'm like, I, I, I um, did a semester abroad in Argentina. I'm like, is anyone going to pick me up? Do I know how to get to the hotel? 
mm. or the place I'm saying, I don't even know where that's at. You know, and it, it, I didn't think about it. I, my thing was just get on the plane, yeah. figure it out as you go. And right. so definitely had some, some fun lessons in that, but. Great learning lessons on how to get around a city too, right? Oh my gosh, totally. And then what's funny in, um, later in my later twenties, um, after I did get married, I, I got a, a tour. I was a tour guide for a company out of Texas where I took high schoolers to mainly Spain, but we, w- we did Costa Rica and like, oh um, I did London and Scotland and all these other places. And I, I was the expert. <laughs> and so basically my thing is like with that fake it till you make it. So I just said, okay, I'm going to stand in my courage yep, and I'm going to act like I know where I'm going, but re- I'm going to teach these kids how to read a map. So if I teach them how to read a map, if I need to look at the map, we're just doing a learning lesson. It's not really me. Oh, I didn't know where I was going. That's yeah. very smart. Yeah. So that was kind of the beginning of that, you know, and then let's go. So I, I traveled really up until I got married. Okay. And I feel like when I got married, Matt was a, like, I'm just more like flowing with, oh, I need to go here. I'll make it. I'll figure it out how to do it. And he was the one that kind of introduced this financial education. I was like financially like, what what do I need to go live abroad? Yeah. So that was my financial education. Not great. So prior to financial education, just to back it up a little bit, did you travel with your family like to these type of places prior to college? Or was this was traveling like completely new to you out after college? So my dad is an adventurous person. So we would do small trips as kids because we didn't really grow up with a lot of wealth to be able to do the international stuff. But my dad's a pastor, so he would do mission trips. Okay. And so he, before each one of us graduated high school, he wanted us to go internationally. So on a trip where we went and served the poor, whatever it was. And I didn't end up doing that until college, but I kind of fulfilled that thing. And I feel like... I did go to Mexico right after high school, but um, it was a different kind of trip. Sure. And um, but yeah, so he just kind of put that in us, and he he was someone who was always ready for an adventure, and so I feel like he put that in, and then kind of one thing led to the next. And okay, yeah, it's always interesting to see the people that have the travel bug. It, it, you know, did they learn it from their parents? Did they, you know, they just never had it, so they've been dreaming of it. I mean, I think back, Jackie. Do you remember Abby's first trip? We were trying to take her on. Okay, so we talked yes. in our introduction about going on this adventure across the United States. I mean, the United States in comparison to the the United States in comparison to places that you're talking about is nothing. And I'm thinking back on Abby, who is 18 years old. This is just you know two months ago. She's 18 years old, and Jackie and I can't get her onto a plane. We can't get her Not to fly. No, she. She had a trip to Florida free of charge and then to be able to travel all the way across the U.S. back to Montana with us. And no, she was too scared to do it on her own. Exactly. So that's where my thought is. I'm like, how does this 18, 19, 20-year-old just jump on a plane with no plans? And I mean, it's got to be something within our soul. So that's why I was yeah. asking about your background. And if you've got an adventurous parent, I suppose that makes sense. But yeah. 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 I mean, I would say my dad's so non-traditional and I, and he plays a role even into us investing and taking the risks because he, both of my parents said to us that they didn't necessarily care if we finished college. That wasn't like, you know, most parents are like, you got to get a degree. They, they didn't, they were like, okay, you have high drive. I know you're going to do it. But they were more like, you got to follow those things in your heart. 
And so from a young age, they were always saying, you know, what is God speaking to you? And how do you do those things that you were created for? And so I think like so much of even us investing came from probably a foundation of that. Interesting. Yeah. And that you are so lucky to have that as a, as a guide. That's, that's fabulous. And so then you meet the wonderful uh, Matt DeLong, which little side fact here, Matt DeLong is now actually going to be working with our brokerage because he too is a real estate agent, but that's his quote unquote sixth priority because he too is obviously an entrepreneur, um, a, a high speed get stuff done, try new things. So although he's working with Butte Real Estate Group, it's his sixth priority because I'm sure like my husband, Jen keeps him busy with other things too. So tell us about you and Matt. Yeah. So we met, you know, I was, um, we got married when I was like 29. And so this is funny. I mean, this is just me. I'm like, I need money because I want to travel, right? That's where my thoughts are. And he's like, I want, his goal was to retire at 30. And a lot of people just kind of laughed at him, like, whatever, you know? And he just, I'm like, where did that come from? And he's like, I just, he's just someone who's like, I don't want to play by the rules, you know? And so his journey started with, he um, got a job with Amway. And I'm like, okay, I will back you up, but I do not want to do Amway. (laughs) You know, but I'm like, I'm just gonna, yep, I'll sell bars and water or whatever weird thing we got to sell. And what we, we didn't know what we were going to get from Amway. And he was the one under that. I was just the supporting role. And uh, we got financial education. And it got us thinking. I had never heard of passive income at that point. I didn't know what that was. All my college years, no one taught me anything about making money. It was about getting a job. That, so I don't think I knew that about you. I, that is so funny. So in relation, my, one of my exes, I was with him, his name's Corey, for six years. And right when I met him, he was in deep to Amway. And it was exactly what you're talking about that hooked him. He didn't care that you're selling energy drinks or water or whatever the other products were. He was learning and he was, and he got put on that high vibration about learning about investing in passive income. So that's so funny. Same background. Amway, so you don't reject it. Maybe, maybe it's the beginning of your journey. Bingo. Maybe they need to teach Amway in high school. Maybe we should all do Amway at 16. That would probably be, that's it. We just solved the problem. That's it. Boom. That's Amway, we're means. calling we're you. High school education, <laughs> podcast over. Boom. <laughs> but yeah, so that got us on a journey. We went to these conferences and you know what? He wasn't a top seller. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't okay. successful, but it started to change how we thought. And, and then after that, we went to a rich dad, poor dad. Um, it was cheesy. It was a weekend, 500 bucks. And at the time, 500 bucks was a lot of money for us. Like it was a big risk. And that 500 bucks really pushed us to where we are. So what I can say on that, here's my little tidbit, invest into your inner life, invest into the way you believe and think because that is what will reap so much gains. And so that's like where, yeah, we, we went to this thing and it just kept leading one thing to the next. I'm reading Bob Proctor, You Were Born Rich, all these like big books that just like, I started to rewire how I thought and that actually came away before the investing. That's, so that's absolutely fascinating. I mean, it's, it's so funny. I'm so excited because you're like my first guest, but I can almost guarantee that we're gonna hear this exact same message over and over and over from each. And it's always fascinating to know what got people going down the road or what changed, just like you said, what changed their way of thinking. 
I remember I was working in the prison, so I don't think we talked about that in my intro, but I started out at uh, Montana State Prison, the men's prison, and I ended up getting into the, the uh, training aspect of things. So I was teaching personal development, and I had initiative to just, how do I make employees better? How do I, you know, add value? And I picked up personal, um, you know, you know, just personal development and leadership books, and one led to two, led to three, led to four, and that's the advice I give to everybody that I meet is it doesn't matter which book, pick up a book that's personal Mm -hmm. development related and just get addicted. Because it's exactly like you said, it's allowing your brain to start thinking differently about yourself, about how we process beliefs, about how we look at the world, um, how we communicate. And then like you said, about money and just wealth in general, it's, it's a, it's always interesting. Amway. Mm. Yeah, Amway. And I have to give props to, you know, so Matt and I, kind of in the middle of this, actually, you know, it was post-2009. We couldn't get work. But we're, we're, think, we're, we're putting offers on houses. <laughs> Hard to get financing when you're not working. So then we're remodeling for 15 bucks an hour doing tile jobs. I mean, but, but like that process in that is just like knock on the doors even before you're ready, like to even open it. And that's what we were putting offers, remodeling, just like building those things. And then after that, actually something that was so profound in our mindset journey, we went to Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry in, in Reading. So it was a faith-based thing. The Bethings, Be- sorry, let me say it clear, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. And so we went and developed, a, like invested a year into our spiritual lives. But that was probably the most profound rewiring of my brain and and on the topic of a scarcity mindset versus an abundant mindset and what I really learned from there is that um you know like that there's enough for everyone and to really like live out of abundance you know it just allowed me to take risk because I knew it was going to be okay and that there's enough for everyone and so I don't have to strive so there like I I definitely want to give props to that because it just I came out of there and I felt like we were ready for the, the next journey. Um, but it, it is rewiring your brain. Yeah. It, the abundance mindset, same, I, I can't emphasize enough how important that is in real estate. For example, we work with all of the agents. They think that, oh no, there's a new agent that just started in town. There's a new brokerage in town. Oh no, there's not going to be enough for us. And that's exactly it. There is always enough for everybody and we talked about this in a podcast that you sent to me a while back, and I don't remember what it was. There's lots of them. Um, but he talked about chasing what you don't have, and it's the same thing. It's, I want this so bad, and I'm afraid because I don't have it. So you work effortlessly chasing something that doesn't exist versus just knowing that there is always enough of what you need, and it'll come to you at a natural time, and just living through abundance. And you know what? Sometimes more of something at that time isn't right because it's guiding you to the next step, which is where you're actually supposed to be. Um, so having that faith. Yeah. And, yeah. It, it, I mean, it is in like, there's so, yeah, I have so many thoughts on that whole getting out of a scarcity competitive and getting into a creative plane where you can just rest and you can create wealth. And it, it, it comes from ease versus striving, you know, because striving is just going to wear you out. Um, but just a part of the story. So after that ministry school, you know, we end up going to Missoula and uh, just living in a gross apartment in a gross neighborhood, just had a baby. 
and broke, you know, barely making it. And Matt's like, we got to move. We got to move to Butte. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and he's like, we do. And was it winter time? <laughs> it was September. Um, and I knew what I was getting into. But, you know, a part of me having a baby was like I could use the family support. Um, but he's just like, he had been talking to my dad about real estate because we kept trying, you know, chewing at the bit. And my dad accidentally had rentals. And I say that because he didn't have strategy. He just kind of knew how, he knew how to do construction. So we're, he's, we're like, how much passive income are you bringing in by like half heartedly doing these projects? And so Matt's like, we're moving to Butte and we're going to buy real estate. And so he took a job. And I just want to say numbers out there because I really, I told Tracy, I, I want to communicate that it doesn't matter how much money you're making. You can always, you can always start where you're at. And at the time he took a job for 30,000 a year. I was shooting photography. Like I just got into shooting weddings. So total, we were probably bringing in 40 grand and we're like, we're going to be investors in Butte. I love that you bring up that point because it's, the, the beautiful thing about this podcast is trying to discover where people are at within certain areas of the of the journey. And you're exactly right. Jackie talked about it in our introduction that it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your wealth. It doesn't matter um, if you've got <clears throat> somewhere to start uh, because your journey is totally different. 40000 with a child, married, moving back to Butte, so relocation. And you guys are going to start investing in real estate. Totally. We're yeah. Gonna, we're going big time. Yeah. Big time. <laughs> big time. I mean, you guys are fresh out of the rich dad, poor dad. I mean, that's, yeah. and that, I think the theory behind that is more leveraging other people's money anyway. Right. Yeah. So that, that makes sense. Um, my story is a little bit different. I mean, I came obviously the same. I, I came from nothing, but I worked up the career ladder of, cause I had at the time three kids. And went from job to job to job and got promotion after promotion after promotion and making more money, but it wasn't getting me any closer to wealth. It was getting me more income. And when I went out on my own, I remember I left in $77,000 a year with full benefits, three kids, and decided that I was going for it with real estate. And I had six months of income saved because that's what people said you'd need. But I thought the same thing. I'm like, I'm going to get quote unquote rich, but really I just wanted freedom. And that's what I thought. I didn't have to work for somebody. Um, but when I started out, I gave up 77 and I ended up being a super high earner right out the gates. So my investing came from, luckily I was blessed to make a lot of money in the quote unquote job that I had so that I could start buying real estate. The fact that you, I mean, so, so I'm very proud of where we came from too, because it just, something that you said to me prior to starting this conversation with a podcast, you're just doing it. You're not waiting until it's right. You're not waiting for it to be perfect. It's just committing to a dream and we're just going to, we're just going to do this. We're going to make it happen. It may not be perfect. So $40,000 a year. Did you buy it all? Did you make it? Well, so what we did with that, (laughs) because if you want to buy a house, they want you to have a W9. So that's why he took a job because he's like, he know, my husband knew that he wasn't wired for work or no, 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 we work, but like wasn't wired to work for someone, you know, and he, that's just his DNA. Not an employee. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, and so we got our first home, our personal home. And I was thinking about this, like beg, borrow or steal. Don't steal, but beg or borrow to get your first home, get your foot in the door. And then it was funny. So right after we kind of signed like probably a couple months, 
he got, um, he was supposed to get a promotion. It was like 50 bucks a week. And, uh, and then his buddy called him who worked in the oil, like on oil cleanup. And so what that looks like is you just work a ton of hours and you make a, a chunks, a, like big chunk of change. And he's like, we got a spill on the Yellowstone River in Billings. Do you want to come? And who do you want to bring with you? And so, wow. so Matt and I are like, peace. We're going to go, oh, sorry. I want to back up. The, yeah. Okay. So this is the, sorry. Nope. Nope. That was the first time we did an oil spill when we lived in Missoula and that got us to Reading. That paid for that. This was the second time he called him and he said, okay, I've got a chicken cleanup in Iowa. Did you say chicken? Totally. A chicken, chicken cleanup. Okay. Uh, I got to hear this. Dead chickens everywhere. And they had to clean these chickens up. It was a chicken spill. And it was it was like bird. like a chicken spill out of a vehicle, like a big greasy bucket of chicken, too Far- much sauce. What are we farms going? of chick just farms, huge farms where the chickens were just dying from it was like bird flu. It was some kind of bird disease. So he had to go clean it up. And uh and he said yes, because he's like 50 bucks a week promotion to do more work, work 60 hours a week, or I'm gonna go make another chunk of change. So he said yes to that, was there for like a couple months, made enough money for our first investment, which was after we did all the fun stuff, 10 grand. Yeah. So that makes total sense. And that is where working in real estate is the same way. We get commission checks, chunks, right? So your base, you know, you get this big chunk and that'll, that you can live off that for a couple months and then you get this other big chunk and you can either play it safe and hang on to it, or you can roll the dice and drop a big chunk for your first down payment. Exactly. It's genius. Yeah. So we had 10 grand. I mean, you know, we did the things that we needed to do and then 10 grand was left over. And so we were, we were putting offers on $30,000 houses and not winning because we had to get a loan. And, you know, they're like, we're taking the cash offer next, you know? And so we just, we, but we kept, here's the thing. And this is what Tracy said. You have to take action. And, and that action will lead to an action that eventually those doors will open. And so we just kept knocking on doors. We got into so many houses. We put on, put in a lot of offers and I finally got to the point I was disappointed. And I said, God, and I don't even know why I did this. I wrote in my journal. I said, God, I want three properties. Why three? I have three is my number. Maybe. I don't know. I, I just wrote it. And, and then I, and the scripture came to me and it was Isaiah um, 45, three. And it says, I'll give you hidden treasures. Uh, I'll give you treasures hidden in dark places. I will do this because I know you by name and you know, I'm your Lord, your God. And so I said, all right, will you hide some investments for us so that we have a chance to put an offer on that we'll have a loan, you know, that it's good that we're getting lending on and prayed that wrote it in my journal. Well, within a couple months, I'm sitting um, across the table from an old acquaintance with a friend, my friend Katie Green says, hey, this is Marie Kagi Shooty. She's um, a lawyer, a real estate's lawyer, an estate's lawyer. And Matt and Jen are, pick, you know, are cleaning up their house. They're looking for investments. And she's like, wow, I have some very scary, scary houses. Do you want to look at them? And we're like, yes. <laughs> Let me guess, Uptown View scary the worst areas oh my gosh well actually decent areas slummed slummed for many years and you know we laugh about it one had like a fish tank with frozen fish because it was winter the other one had (laughs) human poop all over because they didn't pay their plumbing so just overflow the other one you know just like dog poop trash everywhere so these were just like really 
really like slummed and just diamonds in the rough. That's oh my gosh, hidden treasures in dark places. Exactly. That's that's. Yeah. And and so we, <laughs> they wanted eighty thousand, and we're like, well, we only have ten grand with twenty percent down. We're gonna offer forty five. <laughs> I can't stand investors like you oh when my I'm gosh. working on the brokerage So side. embarrassing. <laughs> but this was a private deal. So it wasn't on the MLS. It was a private deal. And they said, you know, 60. And we're like, well, we don't know if those pipes are frozen. How about 55? And they're like, take it. And we're like, and it was just, we weren't trying to be rude. We just were offering what we could. Right. Yep. And So was it three? So three. In, in one sale. For 55,000. You're kidding me. A duplex. And then two houses. That's four. That's doors. It's four coming, doors. You got four. You got bonus on Come that on prayer. Come on, God. <laughs> Go, God. <laughs> and it was just their beginning. And so then Matt's parents come because they have just been by our side. They'll, like, co-sign. We just had some support that would help us. They right. believed enough in us to say, okay, we're scared. They came <laughs> they and looked been. at it. They, were, they came and looked at it, and they were, like, the look of terror on their face. We're so excited that we finally got these places. And they're like, oh, what have you done? Uh, funny story. I, I so relate to that. I remember when Brandon just came on with me. And when I say came on, I guess we got married. But, you know, working in this business, remember he came from an employment thing. His family has all been employers or employees. Um, so we same thing. We bought the biggest turd in a great area at the time, 45000 This is 2017, I think water rotted two stories I mean huge house we I was in over my head and I you know I wrote the offer on the house and kind of forgot that I had gotten married and I should ask my partner type of thing so I mean I had already won the bid it was already a done deal and I'm like oh hey honey I'm I'm buying this house I'm thinking about it is it okay I mean good thing he said yes because I'd already bought it but his dad came and walked through and the same thing the look on that man's face was like this woman got my son in so far over his head. They are going to die. They're going to drown. This is the end of their life. And like fear, total fear. But yeah. I knew in my heart, yeah. I knew it was the place. And Jackie, what did we end up that, what did that appraise for when we were done? We appraised for three. Ah. No, I'm sorry. $420,000. Is that, what is that? Like 400%? It, like 350? I don't do numbers. I don't I do percentages, numbers. but like, it's oh, like a math sucks, but it was it, from 45,000 with an investment of approximately a hundred thousand to appraise at 420. And we rent it out at 2,800 a month. Okay. So that's like hundred percent, right? It's a lot of, a I'm not, I'm not, I haven't done math since college. It's awesome. And you know what? It's the belief there. I had so much courage. I, there was nothing in my heart that was saying I'm scared. Yeah. There was nothing other than go, go, go. This is it. This is what I'd asked for too. And I, I'm not uh, religious in the sense that you are with, you know, praying and going to church. And I didn't grow up with a pastor. I, I say the universe. I had asked the universe. I'm like, I need an investment property. I need a project. And it was my way of getting Brandon to stop working in the mines. Because when I bought that, I'm like, oh, well, now I need a contractor. Uh, what do you think about giving up a six-figure digit or six-figure job to come work together. Look, yeah. it'll be so much fun. We'll knock walls down. We'll do this together. And it felt right. <laughs> Poor Brandon. 
<laughs> the poor guy. It's not working together. Well, it started out that way. I mean, I did demo on it. Yeah. It, it was the beginning of the journey, though. It yeah. felt right. And maybe we didn't do it all together, but we do our business together. We do our life together. We don't yeah. have anybody telling us what to do except for Jackie. And it was profitable, too, because it was the right thing. So that's... Yeah, and I think the thing is, like, you need, you know, in this kind of taking these risks, it's so amazing to have a spouse that's a support. But also, I just want to say to have a team of people that will support you to take these huge, huge risks. And, you know, and I think if you can't find those people in your life, find them on a podcast, find them in books, because like you need people who are living big to be by your side when you take these massive leaps. And, you know, for us, we, same, we felt peace about it. Now, there, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like every time we've had a property, there's a journey, right? It's like, win the bid. Okay. Always and then you close and you're like, oh, crap. Now we have to work. Right. <laughs> and then it's back to the funding question. Yeah. Oh, how am I going to pay for this renovation? Oh my God, what headaches are laying in front of us that are going to possibly sink us? Well, and this is for those people that say, I don't make enough money to invest. I'm just, I want to target that audience that says, I want to invest, but I don't feel like I make enough money or I don't know how to start. We did a trusty old credit card <laughs> to start our first. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying beyond wise. We knew that if we fixed the first one up and rented it, it would hold our loan. So we wouldn't be paying for the properties that we bought. So we we knew that like, okay, so we just, we did all the work on credit card. We learned a lot in the way. And then once it was rented, we, you know, we were fine. We weren't holding a note. And so if you think of things like that, like if you do buy multiple properties, get the one rented first. So then you're not putting yourself into debt. Right. Yeah, exactly. Strategizing out the holding cost. Who's going to, as long as it's self-sufficient, I I call property self-sufficient. I like, you know, we'll, we'll buy them and and know that it's a project, but it can't, it has to sustain itself for me within six months, because anything more than that, I'm petrified. And for you having a loan, that's your way. For us, it's cash that we've got built up. So uh, there's a hundred different ways to skin yeah. a cat. Is that what you're talking well, about? Skinning cats? I don't know. I don't know. Or yet. chickens. Skinning chickens. a chicken. Plucking a chicken. And yeah, pluck <laughs> Sorry, the that's chicken. still on my mind. I know the chicken. I'm going to call him. Chickens. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, what, so the other thing, and kind of to hit on these points of investing in real estate, what Rich Dad Poor Dad talks about is leverage. So once we got that one fixed up with the credit card, all of a sudden that held a lot more value and we loaned against the value to finish the other two. Now, we didn't know how to do this. We were learning how to do this. And I talked to a friend, you know, years later, her and her husband had great jobs, but they just didn't know how to start. And I told her, I said, we never take money out of our own pocket. Like, and she's like, what? I'm like, no, we like create equity to do the other things. Now, I'm not saying overextend, but I'm saying there are creative ways to figure out how to finance your dreams. Right. And it's finding those creative ways to make it work. And you just have to think outside of the box. You have to have different visions of where you're going and what you want. And then I think the ideas and the ways come easier Mm -hmm. once you get that vision pinpointed. And I have this chicken or the egg question. What comes first? Back to the chickens. Back to the chickens again. Is it the mindset shift that I'm going to figure this out that happens? Or is it 
that all of a sudden, like you get momentum, so more opportunities open, or you believe that there are more opportunities. I don't, you know, like what is that? Like mm-hmm. what yeah. comes first? But you're right. One opportunity leads to more. So then you see leverage and then that continues to grow. Yeah. I like also on that same note to, to piggy off that is you also, you give yourself courage and permission because once you, you do it once, it's, oh, that worked. I can do it again. I can replicate it. And to listeners out there too, a role model does the exact same thing. As soon as you see somebody else do it, start out with $40,000 income and start investing and be where you're at now. It gives them this courageous permission that, oh, if she can do it, I can do it. So, but you don't have to wait for somebody else to do it. That's what I love about investing and being an entrepreneur is you just have the idea the opportunity, the whatever it is, and just following it. And then you're paving that road for somebody else, giving them permission to do something else courageous as well. Well, and I want to hit on that because the journey, like the, the real part of the journey, and I love this idea, get comfortable being uncomfortable because, and you guys know this, there, there were sleepless nights owning three I haven't slept in seven years. (laughs) I mean, they were just like, there was this element of risk that was real you know, it, there was stress, there was work, you know, in like, so that there is a real process that happens in that journey. That is real. Like, I'm not going to say that it was just, you know, <laughs> pies and cakes or <laughs> cakes and pies or whatever. Yeah. I mean, there was work to be done. Um, and so I just want to encourage people and kind of to piggyback off what you said, you know, like what, um, like the level you hit in your finances, you can always repeat that yes. because you know how to do it. So it doesn't matter, let's say worse comes to worse and you do go bankrupt. It, I really firmly believe you can get right back to where you started because you have the know-how and the mindset and the beliefs to do that again and repeat it. Yep, exactly. Dave Ramsey, great example. Oh, bankrupt yeah. how many times? Once, twice, and look at where he's at now. He knows the steps to take and where to go and you can replicate it over and over and over again as many times as you need. Sorry, I just pulled that mic from her. But and on Dave Ramsey, same thing. And he's polar opposite from Rich Dad Poor Dad, opposite of leverage. He is pay cash for everything, whereas your method, Jen, is leveraging using somebody else's money. And like, how beautiful is that? That there are two polar opposite methods that both worked and brought you to the same place. It's just courage to to do. And we had just like. No choice. I mean, you always have a choice. So I don't, I don't want to like to empower, but that's just where we were. You know, we were starting with what we had. And so we just used the tools that we had to do it. And I mean, it's just been such a cool journey because same, we have sold some properties and just to like get you up to where we're at now in, in investing, I think we own 10 ish buildings. I forget sometimes. I'm sure you do too. I do too. Yeah, we're right about at 10 also. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and we've got some gems. And um, it, and so it's just like this really fun journey of trusting. And I just like want to encourage people to take those risks. And I love it. Like where, you know, you, you said the word courage. Where do you get the courage? And I get it in being silent or hiking and like pondering, you know. And that's where I feel that's like that exactly super strength comes from. The quiet times I... Tracy's the exact same way. When she really has something going on, I'll say, you know what, just take the day off. Go hiking, go ride your mountain bike, do what you need to do so that you can process this through and then we can finalize it from there. 
for me, it's also quiet time, just being away from whoever and just being able to hear my own thoughts and process on those thoughts. Mm-hmm. And for me, like, you know, I'm a God person. So it's like even chatting with God and being like, is this a good move? Or, you know, like sometimes we've put offers on houses that we didn't get and we felt like they were the right one and processing that. But then it's so funny when I see the full picture, the next thing we got was way better. Yeah. Way better. And so really having open hands when you put an offer on something and, but getting quiet and just trusting, you know, that God voice or that, that the thing inside of you that's like, this is good, go for it. Or it's, it's okay that you didn't get this. Just wait, there's something better on the other end. Always, if it's meant to happen, it's going to happen. And what is meant to be will be. Absolutely. Yeah. And do you feel like, I feel like sensations um, when you're, when you're starting to, I, I don't know, maybe this is cause I'm not, I, did, I wasn't raised in a church. So maybe I'm saying the same thing as that you're saying, but I feel sensations and notice things in the world that I feel like, and I say the universe, the universe is showing me things to guide me where I'm supposed to go. And I'll get these like just this overwhelming feeling of Tracy call so-and-so. Hey, Tracy, go to coffee with Jen. Oh, hey, Tracy. Uh, and whatever it is that's communicating with me, that and, and that's when Jackie says, oh, that's when I tell her, go out in the mountains. Because it, it's, it's something is speaking to me, and I can hear it, and I can feel it, but I don't have clarity on what it's saying. And it is exactly like you said, getting quiet, going out in the mountains, driving, any of those things where there's no interruptions, no, and nature seems to bring it faster and stronger and I can come back after a two-hour hike and poor Jackie because I'm like holy Hannah listen to this and I have figured out and brainstormed and thought of these genius ideas and they all just make perfect sense and that's when she doesn't tell me no if I don't do that then she's like "Mm, Tracy try again no (laughs) and then she comes back and we've got the whiteboard now and Tracy writes down all of her little things and then we start moving things around and then I may say to her okay, we're not quite there, so maybe you need to go back out again tomorrow and then come back. Yeah. And and then our whiteboard just starts to flow, and here we are right now. And that was the creation of this podcast, yeah. which is a whole big thing. But um, it, I just love it. I love it. Well, Same. and I have so many thoughts on that, you know, like just on the God side, like, you know, we are created by a creator. So if we, be, if we get quiet, watch out for that creativity that can come out of us, you Hugely. know? And I am at my best when I'm creating. And I feel that as humans. I feel like we are at our best. We are fully alive when we are allowing these creative ideas, these solutions. It doesn't matter if you're a doctor and it's it's a medical solution. It doesn't matter if you're in sports, fitness, whatever. Letting that creativity and those solutions. It's so funny. We ask the question, what should I do? And then our imagination shows us. And then we shut it down and we don't realize that's the answer. Seriously. Yes. Or it scares us because it seems maybe too far away or it seems it's not us. It's not our identity. And so then we do. We shut it down because we we give ourselves. Maybe you say, I'm not enough for that. I'm not ready for that. I'm whatever it may be. So the podcast. Do you remember the podcast that you said? Yeah, it's Kyle Cease. Yes. Love him. The concept, the one that resonated the most with me, I don't know if you know that podcast, we'll, we'll reference it in the description so people can go listen to it. Um, I, I've sent it to no less than 10 people 
just because it was so moving for me. When you get to a point when you're following, because that's what we're really talking about here. Jackie and I talked about it in the introduction, like the definition of freedom. It's just your purpose. And the closer you get to your purpose, the more things start to flow. The creativity comes easy. Everything feels right. But then on the opposite side of that, when you're, when you're, you're reaching and you're, you're there, then you have this fear of letting go of other things. And what did he say that his rule is that if he, how does it go? If he has an excuse, if there's a, but I need to quit doing wedding photography, but it's how I make money. Yes. So I just like made an excuse of why I should stay in it. What if that, but is keeping me from the deeper things that are wanting and longing to come out? that are destined for you, that the universe is trying to guide you towards and you just shut it down, just like with creativity because you're scared or you're... And you're hitting fear. So fear, you know, we were talking about vibrations. You brought it up, but, you know, a vibrational level of fear is so low. Get someone in fear and see if they can create. Get someone in love and see if they can create. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Writing poems and songs, you know, like, but just like if you get your vibration up, and so that's where this hope thing The higher your vibration, the easier things flow, the easier things come, and you need to surround yourself with people that have the same vibration as you. You don't want the lower vibrations, but even with someone at a higher vibration and your life will change drastically. Oh, it's show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Amen. So it's like if you are a person that's just like, okay. And, and I, I know it like this. After I hung out with them, was I, was I exhausted or was I filled? And that will show you where you're vibing. And that's the exact same thing in your life that you're living. If you're exhausted every day, I mean, that's, they call it burnout, right? Mm-hmm. If you're exhausted every day, going through the motions, doing the things, and you're, you're getting further and further from that purpose, from that mission, It's if I could learn when and how to just let those things go, just like he said, it's like, um, so, so in my life right now, it's sales. I, my goal, which we've talked about is to get to, uh, for, for me, whatever reason it's five years from now to be able to be physically and totally financially free. And I always tell myself, oh, I have to keep selling for five more years. And that's because it has in the past funded my projects moving forward. And I know I want to continue to invest. So I keep selling. And yet that's probably what has been holding me back from taking the next step into all of the different things that I'm actually supposed to do because I just won't let it go because I'm scared because that's my income. If you want to expand, you have to expand. (laughs) Oh, it's so Uh, profound and true. (laughs) But it's so true. And that expansion means we have to step into what we do not know. Ah, yeah. You know what I mean? So that's expansion is like, is just getting a bigger net or a bigger territory. And that's the unknown. So most people, you know, I used to be a college pastor. I didn't mention that. Oh. Um, but in that, I would tell college students, don't sell your dreams for insurance. Amen. Because you'll need it. Because <laughs> if you are depressed, you probably will need more insurance. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Mental health. And for all listeners, I mean, like, I loved what you said earlier. It might made it may have even been pre-interview, like making this information relatable because it is relatable to everyone. Everything that you just said about insurance and taking the next step, you could employ you you could put that with the employee. And Jackie is there right now. Jackie is at that same exact spot where she's she said it in our in our introduction. She's like, I'm ready to take 
I, I wasn't ready. It's taken me a couple of years. I got my license. I know that like financial freedom lies on the other side of giving up working for my slave driving boss, Tracy, and doing it myself as, you know, as a licensed real estate agent and stepping out of that role because it is so safe. I mean, you know, people leave, they've got 401k contributions. They've got, um, every two weeks, no matter what, they're getting a paycheck. It is so safe, but it also holds you back from taking the next step. Jackie, what do you think? (laughs) I no, it's definitely true. And you know, it's funny that you say that because I would say the last month, month and a half, I keep on thinking to myself, maybe, maybe I'm ready just to go. Maybe, Maybe it's time for me to say, you know, Tracy, it's time for you to start interviewing other people. But then that fear kicks in and I'm like, well, how am I going to fund myself? How am I going to pay my mortgage and my insurance and buy groceries, you know? But then there's still, it's like a daily thing. Something keeps on burning into me and saying, it's time, it's time, it's time, it's time. Yep. Cause sounds it's like, a, you know, well, it sounds like she just quit on me and maybe if I don't have an assistant, I can't sell anymore. Maybe that's the answer. So these Boom. are things, and I'd like to say, these are lies that we believe that hold us back from the greatness that's right in front of us. And you know, yeah. I, okay. So I'm also, I got certified as a life coach, health coach. And so I have, I have many passions. I've oh, studied many things. Um, but in that, and this is like what I wish I could have told my 18 year old self that was trying to figure out like, how do I do more motivational speaking or whatever that career path is? What I learned in coaching is you got to know what you want. And I learned this also from Bob Proctor. You were born rich, but you have, if you know what you want, you can't hit a target if you don't know where you're aiming. So get clear about the desires of your heart. And, and what I'll tell friends to do is I'm daydream with God, daydream, just daydream, see what comes out, see what those desires are and figure out what is your why, what is important to you. And then the next thing, and you cannot get away from this, is take action. You have to. And, and you might be like, how do I get? I, so my biggest problem is I didn't know how to bridge the gap. And um, I really learned a lot from a coach called Mel Robbins. And she said, you know, you just take that next step. So the next thing that you know how to do. So for me, you know, I want to do motivational speaking or whatever that is. So I got certified as a life coach. So I'm like, this is my next step to just get myself in those positions and you take that next thing and then you just take that next thing. And what Mel Robbins says, she said, you know, you take A and then you go B and eventually you get to you, Y-O-U, why you were created. Beautiful. Ooh, like that. Yeah. Sometimes another thing off just to roll off that and then we have to move on because yes. I have to hear about all of, I mean, gosh, you're like not even into it, but just a quick tidbit on that is how many times people feel, I, I guess I call it the Oz factor like they wait for somebody else to, to uh, you know, go to Oz and then he gives you the heart or he gives you the courage. You wait for somebody else to give you a college degree before you're ready. Yeah. You know, if I just get, you said a certification, so that's what made me think of it. Uh, and, not, and they're not seeking education. They're seeking the validation, the end result, which is the degree on the wall or the, you know, my parents' approval, whatever. If we could just retrain our brains and listen to people like you every day, all day, be told you are enough. I mean, back to that same podcast that was so, it was just, it, it resonated with me so deeply. Like I almost made some major life changes like in that moment, but then I'm like, I got to take a breath because I have married and my husband has to catch up with me. But he says, you are the source. Yeah. 
no matter what. And please just expand on that because it was so mind blowing for me. I love, I love this idea. And this was Kyle Season. He said, you know, you're the source of every dollar you've made. Quit thinking that the dollar or that money is the reward. You are the reward. Or the job. Or, or the, whatever that is. And so how I interpret that as a faith person is, you know, it says the kingdom of God is within us. And so what happened, another paradigm shift that happened at that, um, that Bible school was that I used to think circumstance. So eventually I'll just, someone else will make it happen. They'll invite me into something. And I was waiting for an invitation. And what happened at Bible school is they said, you, the power is within you. You you have to be empowered. You are not a victim. And it was like, it changed my life because I didn't realize I was being a victim. I thought, well, you know, this happened to me, so therefore I can't. Or I'm just waiting for someone to like show me the way. And, oh, I just need mentors. And everything was external, and I was blaming it on my external situations. How powerless you became. I know, right? And I and here I am trying to motivate people, but I'm motivating from a victim mentality. And so at that Bible school for that year, they just were like, you're powerful. Or like, you are where we are because of you, the choices you made. And here's the great news is you have a choice today to change and become a powerful person so that you are the source of everything, every dollar you ever made. If we can understand, it's all within us. All the solutions, all the answers are within us. And sometimes, here's the other thing, when taking risk, you're not always going to be like, I feel completely comfortable in my risk taking. Never. It's never comfortable. I mean, it's like working out. Is that comfortable? No, not at all. But gosh, dang it, it's exhilarating. It's amazing. It's life-changing. And so most, the best things in life are typically, in my life, they've always come from uncomfort. I thought the best things in life were free. That's the saying. <laughs> right. The best things in life are free. Maybe they are. But I, I mean, I just think that so much comes out of that courage to take that next step. And sometimes the people around you that love you the most might be the people that don't believe in you. And that's hard. Because they love you and they want to keep you safe. Just that same safety net that you talked about with, with, your, with yourself, you know, the insurance policy, your family, nobody ever wants to see you in pain. Nobody wants to see you uncomfortable. Nobody wants to see you hurt. And I think that these people just tend to try to shelter and protect you because they do love you, but they don't understand how opposite that is because it's really just holding you back. And so that comes back to getting quiet and just knowing that voice within of what you have to do. And um, I want to put this little nugget in, and I know that you're into this kind of stuff, but a vision board. Yes. I love, we love it. Vision boards. Call Manifesting. We, you always want to not be like, I want this or I want that. I have this. Mm-hmm. And once you know that you have it, it will come to you. But I think that comes back to, you know, saying that the people that you love the most may be the ones that actually um, are too afraid for you to do what you want to do is the mindset, the mindset of, well, you can't do that because that's not how we're taught. It's a, you get yourself a job and you work the eight to five and the Monday through Friday and you have the full benefits and it's, it's the changing of the mindset. And once that mindset does that 360 and changes, everything comes easier and it flows. Well, and you just start to, the cool thing is when you step out in your power, you empower everyone around you. And so you might be a part of your family's dreams. 
you yeah, know, absolutely. And, and getting that breakthrough. And you're that first one that, that was courageous enough to take that step. And now you've given permission to everybody else in that, in that heritage and that family tree to be able to say, oh, wow, it is possible. It can change your bloodline. I mean, that's what's so cool. And like, Powerful. shouldn't we take a risk just based on for the sake of our kids, right? Like, Absolutely. I want to lead with courage so that my kids have a better future and that they know that, that, that nothing is untouchable. And if they want to become professional cellists, which I love the cello, oh yeah, I'm in it, you know, and like, I'm going to back them and I'm going to speak that into them and, um, back on the vision. And I just love this. Like I had, I'm so blown away. People might say it's cheesy. Well, without vision, people perish right? So yes. with vision, you know where you're going. So you have drive and it, it's really, it gives you that structure. But with my vision board, I am so blown away. I mean, I put silly things like I wanted braces Yeah, done. And your you teeth know? look beautiful. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Lasovich. Um, but like just putting like those desires of your heart in front of you to see it, it is so crazy how it comes to fruition. It is, and, and you have to do it and put it in front of you so that you can see all the things that are happening in your life because as days go, you don't realize that something that you longed for two years ago is something that's daily, it's just like happening all the time now. Yeah. Absolutely, the power of vision boards. We, we teach that here for people to do vision boards. Uh, I taught that in the prison because, you know, inmates, I remember thinking like that is, what else do they have but to put together something and look at it? And that's, that's the key is to look at it every day and then you get to the point where you don't actually need the board anymore because it's in your mind's eye. And I mean, for me, I have it like, for example, you people listening can't see it, but I put my vision board things, photos that I'm focusing on in that moment on my cell phone. I just showed Jen, I've got this podcast, this logo on the front of my phone. And if you open it, I've got a piece of land that I was trying to manifest because in my mind, if you're thinking about it, you're energizing it and you're putting, you're putting 110 just percent power towards whatever it is that you want, that you want to create. And that in itself is the power of manifestation. It's, it's well, how many things have happened in your life just on accident versus like you pursued it? Oh, I mean, ugh, I don't know. I mean, do we know? Cause right. I mean, it's, it's hard to, hard to judge like, yeah. or validate that, but like, I mean, your dad became an investor by accident, but, um, but no, I mean, we fumble along, but I think, I mean, yeah, the vast majority of things that I wanted in life, I mean, I, I created those obviously, but I, I, I asked you, you, you pray for them. I asked the universe, it's the same thing. I'm like, I, I want to insert whatever that goal is. And then I think about it and I put power to it. And then the doors open for opportunities that present. And maybe that's what I was talking about earlier with the, the signs of the universe because it's guiding you because you're seeing the opportunities that you would not have seen had you not put that vision in your in your mind or on a piece of paper or in picture to be able to look to work towards and to continually manifest into creation. Well, and I just, you know, I don't know how much time we have left, but... Uh, we make our own rules around Okay, here. okay. I don't know. We want. Sometimes... <laughs> You know, how long are they going to listen? Um, but just on the real estate side in Vision Board, I had put on my Vision Board climbing, like a climbing gym. Mm -hmm. And it That's was something where I was hoping to go. Yeah. Hey, let's and, talk. You know, and so it was something that I, you know, when we moved here in 2014, moving back here, I said, Matt, I don't want to move to Butte. There's no climbing gym. So we get here. I come anyways, right? And, um, Laura Repla, Dr. Repla, she's like, well, let's write some grants. Why aren't you open it? And at that time, 
I was just like, how would I ever afford to open a climbing gym? Or, you know, what does that look like? Well, and it was just so cool. So I wrote a couple grants, didn't get them. So talk about vision and talk about timing. There is usually a time that is better for that fulfillment. And so we just keep going. We keep investing into, you know, different projects, different like apartments and houses and stuff. And um, in the meantime, we partner with some friends on an Airbnb and the partnership just, I mean, it was a dream partnership. The husband has skills like Matt, it, it just on in so many levels, it just went really, really well. So I start bugging them about, hey, don't you want to open a climbing gym? And they're like, we don't know how to climb. <laughs> Nothing about it. Don't know anything yeah, about it. Yeah, they're like, sounds like, fun. <laughs> and they're like, we've got full-time jobs. And I'm like, yeah, but I think you would rather own a gym, right? <laughs> Clearly, who wouldn't? And so it's just been this fun process. And so we, you know, we found a building on Front Street and there was like weird, like liability of gas under it that could be like a $2 million lawsuit, you know, dodge the lawsuits or the liabilities. And we're like, you know, it's just not the right space. Cro- like COVID happens. And so we're like, okay, is the world ending? I mean, <laughs> yeah, what is going to happen here? <laughs> is this the zombie apocalypse? We don't know, you know. And, um, but it was just so crazy. I really felt, you know, through the COVID thing when everything was shut down, and we don't know where our economy is going. I felt the God thing that said, now is time to build, to create places of hope, to create places where you just like are building people up. And, you know, I just say, like, I felt like God was like, walk in the opposite atmosphere. So right now there's tons of fear, create hope, you know, create a, and create a community where people hug again. And, and, you know, like, I just felt like there was just this like polar respond to this, even though you don't know where the economy is going to do it. And, um, and so I, Lisa, well, I'll tell her part. She was on front street driving and she sees this building. It's this boxing center. She looks up and she feels like God's like, that's your building. And she's like, is it on the market? So that was her thought. Two days later, I sent her the listing. I did not know she had that thought. She had not communicated that. And I said, this just came to the market. Let's get in today and let's put an offer on it, you know? And we got in and we're like, here's our bouldering gym. And then it had this full other floor that we hadn't, we didn't plan for that square footage. And we're like, here's the gym we've always wanted to create. And so we got in there, we're nervous. And she's like full, full on hygienist, you know? And um, her dad happens to be in town the day we get in it. He's an engineer and he said, structurally, this building's phenomenal, could hold the weight. And we put an offer on and we end up getting the building. Something I forgot, the, the previous owner felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, it's time to sell. Right. So yeah. three of those checks all happen. And so, yeah, we are, we opened our functional fitness part in January. Um, just work, money, fun. And uh, but yes, on top of work, money and fun, something else that you talk about all the time that I absolutely love is that you do things for a purpose. Like, you know, we, we don't we don't invest in things that are not good for the world that are that are that are poisoning. Like, you, you know, you're not going to invest in a strip club. I don't see it happening for you. They asked <laughs> me to do photos and I like I actually on an ethical level couldn't like that. Exactly. I just like ethically. I'm like, I just I can't even if it's just. Yes. Not my business. Yeah. You talk all the time about the things that you're going to invest in are going to bring good to the world. Just like with the gym, your idea to bring the gym was during a time of chaos and fear and nobody's touching each other. Let's 
bring that back together. Like you brought something to the world. So your investment, although it's, you know, we, we invest for profit because it's part of our business, but the deeper meaning behind it is there's, you're always trying to bring some sort of good. You brought a wonderful facility to the Butte community that we don't have, that people missed, that people wanted. You brought an awesome facility where people can get more healthy more healthy. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, and then on top of that, you brought community together and you showed people a different way of doing things. So that is one of the things that I absolutely love about you is your reason. So tell me a little bit more about that thought. Process. Well, and so just even like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I try, Like, I mean, that's the, the, my heart is to be intentional and do things purposely. And so we call it, it we named it recreate. Um, some people like to call it recreate. It is a play on words. Um, but it's called Recreate in the sense of recreation. And we, our heart was to create a recreational outlet, like a community. So way beyond our gym, like where do people come together that love to, you know, mountain bike, that love to ski, that love to cross-country ski, skate ski? Can we create a hub so that we create healthy community based on just doing like fun activities and, and not just for adults, but for the kids. And so um, we're opening our bouldering gym in a month-ish. Yay, I'm going to come in and learn to climb. Oh my gosh, climbing's so fun and it's so communal. And it, it's just, it, it's for the family. But um, yeah, so we, the heart is just that like we can create a sustainable business in Butte, but that has greater impact. And um, I'm, I'm been really excited. I, I can't even believe climbing's coming. It's like a dream fulfilled. This was on my vision board, dream fulfilled. Um. But what we've been doing right now, and this is just getting me so excited, we've been working with young athletes and we're creating, um, we're trying to be a part of like with high school athletes and um, junior high athletes and even younger, how do we create a foundational, like a really solid strength um, training to help all the sports that they're, they're, they are doing. And so we're just excited. Like how do we be in Butte? Something as a kid growing up here, I didn't get this extra training. I kind of fell into track and field in college on accident. Yeah. It wasn't that I like trained really hard. It just was accidental. And so how do we create a place where what I wanted as a kid growing up here, I didn't want a party, but I had nowhere to go. And so let's create a healthy place for people to, for kids to get excited and that it can be something that like benefits their life versus puts them in, you know, dangerous situations. Yeah, absolutely. The community of Butte is always asking for something for the kids to do, something for the kids to do. We need, and and there you are, you are the source. Well, we're excited. So, and, and in that, just to keep reiterating, a lot of risk, some sleepless nights, work, a lot of work, you know, oh, you're yeah. dreaming up businesses. Absolutely. Yep. But Lisa, who quit her full-time hygiene job, I mean, and she's good. Her clients come into our gym, and they beg her to clean her t their teeth. <laughs> she is so good at it. But she said, Jen, I am more scared than I've ever been, more sleepless nights than I've ever had, but I am more alive than I've ever been in my dreaming life. Like, she's just dreaming of new ideas. And, you know, we have a, another idea that's coming up after we finish the gym. But um, that, yeah, just talking to her and her being alive, I'm like, this is it. This is what we're doing. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, what's next? What you're what and you're able to share? What's next for Jen and Matt DeLong? Oh, so I'm with Tracy, and I connect on many things. If it's fitness, if it's travel, whatever. Um, we've been dreaming of land, and my husband grew up in Eureka, Montana, which is like 
I think it's the last best place. It's, it's Canada. Heaven. It's it is. heaven. It it's is, heaven. It's we shouldn't tell everybody. Everything. I mean, I, I mean, California, Eureka, just kidding. <laughs> it's in Oregon. <laughs> okay, so yeah. we're, but we're talking about Eureka, Montana, and he grew up just living the hippie life, uh, you know, feet in the dirt, big old garden, um, eating just meat from the land, you know, and he's just amazing. And so we have been looking... See, this is part of the manifesting. You got to look. You got to oh, knock. Yeah. You got to oh, be yeah. active. Ask for it. We've been looking for land for three years, and had some wins, had some losses, and we finally found a piece. It was so funny. The night before we found the piece, we were hiking into this other twenty acre that was only accessible five months of the year, and we're hiking with our kids, and they're like, "Are we going to have to hike our suitcases if we build a cabin here?" <laughs> Innocent, but good question. And I'm like. Strong no. <laughs> I'm not buying this land. I'm not hiking a suitcase in something. And we just came home from that super discouraged. It's like, are we ever going to find a piece that's affordable that like kind of hits all of our niches? And um, the next day I said, you know what, Matt? God's given us everything that we have. Why don't we just ask? That makes sense, right? So we ask. And I said, God, you know the de- desires of our hearts. We don't need it, but we'd love one. A nice piece of land to just get rest. And anyways... That afternoon, Matt and I are eating lunch, and this listing comes up, and he's like, "This is this is it. Let's go buy this piece of land." So, so you are going to retire completely and just live on the land? Is that is that it? Exactly. <laughs> well, not exactly, but I've had the desire to create um, places of retreat, not just for myself. We have Airbnbs and so vacation rentals, and so we are just dreaming up. A place not just for us. We only, we have twelve acres, but it's enough to work with. And so we're just dreaming up. Can we create some micro cabins that get people off the grid, get them off their phones, disconnect to connect the revolution? There it is. Boom. Turn your phone off. I love it. There's not a lot of places you can go anymore to where you can just disconnect that phone. There's very few places left, and. We all need to do that more often than not. Well, and that's the hope. And we want to create, we love really pretty spaces. So we want to make them small, but like with glass and beauty and nice furniture and everything that like have it flow. So it's an experience. And so that's, we're dreaming and scheming and we'll see what happens. Okay. Well, that sounds amazing. I'm super excited for that. Hopefully I can maybe take the brokerage out there and we'll rent, I don't know, what do we need, 14 cabins or something like that? Uh, yes, somewhere in that area. I guess that wouldn't be too disconnected. But Our bunk beds. Bunk beds, yeah, <laughs> loft style. Now that's super exciting and I've, I've been fortunate enough to hear your your struggles, your excitement, your the manifestation. I got to kind of see some of that through all of our photo sessions. We're supposed to be taking pictures and instead we're talking and dreaming and um, and the same, we were doing the same thing. Like you said, we're connected. We were looking for land at the same time for us to build our forever home on. And we had a couple hiccups and things didn't work out. And I was really sad because the land that we really thought was for us, it's not for us. And then something, like you said, better comes along. Um, so yeah, that's, I, I totally relate to that. I'm super excited. I think you guys deserve a restful place and an area to be able to step back and take a break from it all too, so that you can truly be a hundred percent and get back into your creative so that you can keep doing the things you're doing and giving to the community and, um, bringing beautiful things to this world. Yay. Yeah. I think we're going to need a part two for you. Well, I would love, like, (laughs) thank you for, so 
this is also on the vision board of to I would love like you asked me to be on a podcast yeah, yeah and it's just it's so cool so thank you for letting me take part in your dream and oh, absolutely yeah. there's the the world needs to hear things like this and how like I, and that's that's kind of a lot of where this thought of this podcast came to me uh, you know, after these awesome conversations I have with you, I think to myself, I come back and I'm trying to relive it and tell Jackie and it's, it doesn't make any sense you know, because the moment's gone and she wasn't there and she didn't feel it and she wasn't connected. So how cool is it that we are blessed enough to have podcasts where two, three people sit and have a conversation and the world just sits and eavesdrops on us. Like, yeah. and we invite them. We're like, please listen, because this is a gift to the world. Like to be able to hear some of the awesome things that you've done and you're only well I mean 22 23 in my 20s yeah easy 20s I mean and by the way for those of you can't see Jen is beautiful she's radiant she's just vibrant she's got this she just screams freedom so um yeah on that note we would love to have you back again so that the world can thank you I'd love to do that yes the world needs more Jen so thank Thank you you so much thanks Jackie yes Jen we sure appreciate you being our first guest too (laughs) Drum roll, and we're ready to clock out. Thanks, Jen. Of course. Bye.